You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 114th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And guys, before I introduce you, a lot of people want to know, because we haven't been on in a while and the Tour de France is on, how do you feel about Bling Matthews winning stage 10 of the Tour de France? You've been holding out with that for a while. I can't believe you made it this far with, without doing that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm Matt in Minneapolis, and I was I was doing pretty good until Tim talked about Bling Matthews. <laughs> uh, this is Spencer Howe in Boston. Uh, pretty much feeling the same way, little guy. Gotta say. You know, that yeah. was the most disappointing moment in what's <laughs> otherwise been a pretty stellar tour. I gotta yeah. say, highlights I mean, every day, but that was that was low. I mean, low. how could the tour do that to me? Well, when Blaine crosses the line, this is what happens. That's... <laughs> wow. Did you That's just him discover like a, like a sound effects website or something? No, I have a sound effects app. Um, oh, there's all types of good right. stuff in here. And guys, so, you know, we'll good. just go through um, the podcast and then we'll uh, figure out what happens. I mean, if you want to talk about what happened with uh, Nairo Quintana's uh, tour, we can uh, do that. That was okay, an explosion good. of dynamite. I was um, hoping so, there yeah. was a sound for every rider. <laughs> so anyways, guys, where do we begin? I mean, we can talk about the amazing UFC match last Saturday when Chris Froome took out the Colombian spectator on the left. Oh, it was yeah. like, bam! And then it was like, into the octagon we come. Um, that was going to be the lead-in of the last podcast that we didn't record. I was going to be like, hey, guys, you watch the big fight? And then you'd be like, oh, Brock Lesnar. And I'd be like, no, Chris Froome. You know, I think um, uh, neither Spencer or myself was going to say Brock, whatever you said. No. Brock Lesnar. Huh. Lesnar. So, see the vegan I mean, one? I mean, when I saw Chris Froome uh, punch that guy, I was just thinking, oh my knockout. <laughs> Jesus. So, I mean, is this you know, going to go on for the whole uh, episode? Wow. Yeah, you this know it, guys. Good. That's what we're here for. Uh, um, you've been playing with this app all day. I bet Sarah's <laughs> having a great time living with you right now. Sarah was trying to, um, you know, study in the other room, and the whole time she could just hear me, uh, you know, just cracking wise. And, you know, <laughs> who, am I to, who am I to judge? So, all right, so guys, that's good. So much I to do. We got, like that one. We got Big Matthews taking stage 10. We have Chris Froome um, punching a spectator. Mm -hmm. Most people would say, like, a hero. I yeah. would say, hey, it's never nice to hit somebody. No. Um, we have the greatest collapse in the history of cycling. Of course, I'm talking about the 1K to go banner on <laughs> to, to Yates. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty epic. That had to be on purpose. Like, you don't just unplug the generator that's fueling right when Yates is coming so I blame uh, Team Lamprey. I think Lamprey probably put some guys up there because they're trying to protect the white jersey for mm. mentees. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of Sounds course, like we them. had uh, 
what happened today everyone is talking about. Um, Did you guys so get where to watch guys it go? today? I watched it live. Should it we work was... our way backwards in the tour? Sure. I was watching live today. How about you, Spencer? Did you see it live? No, no. I've seen GIFs of pretty much the whole stage, though. So the coverage live when it's unfolding, and they're showing uh, DeGent coming close to winning. Um, and they've already shown Malima come across from the Nairo Quintana group to match Port and um, Froome. So they, they cut to yeah. get, and then all you hear is, and I was watching the ITV coverage, it's like, there's been a crash, there's been a crash, and there's no camera on it. None. Really? There's been a crash, there's been a crash, we're going to get cameras there as soon as we can, there's been a crash. Jump cut to Chris Froome running. No bike, yeah. just running, and you're like, what the yeah. hell just happened? Like, it was totally the craziest moment, because you're like, where does bike go? Yeah. Did the fan that he punched come back? It's amazing <laughs> like, that there were no bike. cameras, because he got hit by a TV motorbike. Well, there was a camera, <laughs> yeah. and the camera that did it would be the one that was providing the live coverage, but it uh, uh, kind of got tied got up. So, so um, you guys, I assume, have seen the seen the shot of Port running into the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. yeah. The gif yeah. of that. That's a good one. That's a ama- this whole thing's amazing. I tried, I had to leave um, at five k to go, so I Ugh. missed all that. I came <laughs> I came home like three hours later um, to eat some lunch and was like, all right, let's see what happened in this stage, and was just my mind was blown. <laughs> like you do not yeah. expect a a video popped up that said Froom running, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Oh. Did you guys see any of the memes? Like, people were, like, photoshopping him into, like, the scene from Indiana Jones where he's running away from the uh, the ball. There's a good one of yeah. him catching a Pikachu from uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, I mean, there is some, uh, there's a lot there's some of, really uh, good rocky, stuff there. A lot of rocky steps oh, yeah. and of running. Yeah. Some good ones. They came out quick. Hard and fast. They came I mean, out really quick. Cycling, cycling Twitter is really on top of things these days. I mean, we kind of come out of the dark ages, I think. <laughs> I mean... I Okay. I just can't believe any of what happened actually happened. It well, is, after see, yesterday, I could barely believe yesterday happened. I could barely believe Sagan broke away with Froome. I yeah. so I can not even believe that the next day he's running up a mountain. So it's insanity. So look guy, let I me let of... me let me ask you this. Yeah. Say you're in the lead of a race and you're going for it with a couple of guys and you're you're you know, you're thinking you're going to win or something like it's all on the line, much like Froome today. And you crash into something, whatever. You hit a pothole, your bike breaks, whatever. You're 1K from the line. Do you, is your response to get up and run? Like, what do you do in that situation? <laughs> I don't know because, I mean, I understand why he ran because. No. Like, did you, no, the team, where were the team cars? The team cars were. They were like, getting the road through. Was, yeah. The road was so narrow, like. I'm sure at that moment he was like, if I run, I lose two minutes. If I don't run, I lose five minutes, you know? And the magic was, you know, that they were, they were within 3k of the line, but it was not a stage where the 3k rule applied. So he probably knew that and was like, well, yeah, I gotta do this. I, you know, I think, I don't think anybody knew what the correct response so, was because it was like do you need to have your bike with you i don't know like well it is a rule that you've got to have a bike cr- here's 
Okay. It, the outcome we can talk about. Let's talk about in the instance. You asked little guy a good question. Little guy doesn't have an answer about what he was going to do. Yeah, what would you from do? What I can gather. What I would do. I think running was the correct thing to do, but I don't understand. There's video of him running the first like 50 meters with a bike. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the bike disappears. He's probably like, now, I don't want to carry this stupid broken bike anymore. Now it's really heavy with the motor in there and everything. Apparently, yeah. well, apparently the bike got um, run over by the follow motorcycle. So yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. the motorcycle that crashed into, and the chainstay yep. um, was sheared. Now, they did eventually recapture the bike, and the UCI took it away for motor testing, according to some of the reports I've read and heard. Now, my question that I don't understand is, you have to cross the finish line with a bike. I thought that was a pretty well-known rule that, like, you can walk across the line, but you have to be touching a bike. Like, that's – otherwise, you're dying. Well, see, I don't know if you do. I think you do in cyclocross, but I don't know if that applies to road. Because I don't I think this has official. ever happened before. I thought you were an official, Spencer. And I was, and I don't know the, the answer. <laughs> of you. Well, I think you we've definitely to... seen guys go down in like a sprint finish and then get up and have their teammate like well, help them walk across the But line. they have a bike. And there's, really? there's, there's two bikes the, with them. There's the very famous fic, uh, picture from the uh, Harlem uh, skyscraper crit of, uh, of Eric, uh, well, I don't know his last name Eric anymore. B., Eric B. He threw his bike across the line, though. Who crashed and slid on his chest across the line and still won the race. I'm not sure if he is still in contact with his bike, though. When when I saw Chris Froome running, I mean, it was an okay running stride. I mean, I know I'm the runner on this podcast, but running in your road shoes, and here is the issue. So he's running. The Mavic motorcycle goes by him. And it he's only like, had wheels, the... yeah. He's like, where? And then the guy points back, like, just does, like, the weird... And then they bring up the Mavic car. Now, here's where I'm starting to have issues. First off, in my experience, when I've seen neutral support cars, they usually don't have pedals on the bike already. Like, I've seen them up on the the hood, or they have ca- uh, pedals with cages. Yeah. Now... His bike did not have cages, and he couldn't clip in, and he had the smallest bike possible. And where I've seen that the way that car is usually set up, it's like the smallest bike and then the next like medium. So it seemed to me like he wasn't being patient enough to get it because the tour is riding away from him, and I can understand that. Yeah, you can't be patient. I'm like, if he would have just kept riding, he could have brought it back a little bit. I, but this leads me to the question: Why the hell is there a Mavic neutral support car in that convoy if? At a moment like this, that bike was not good enough. Then why is it even up there following the leaders? Because it went around the Nairo Quintana group to get up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, because right? they can't have the they the, they have to have the Mavic because they can't have every team car. You know, then every team car but would have to be up why there. Why do you and that need a bike work. then? Like, I don't understand. Like, the they provided a bike at the moment the bike was needed the most in the history of the Tour de France. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't work. And it's like, what? Like, have platform pedals on there. Why do you need to have clips? Well, yeah, that's going to take us down a dark road that's going to turn this into, like, Formula One real quick, where the bike frame can be different, but everybody needs to ride the same tires and the same pedals and the same everything else. So so the sporting aspect is really just your legs or whatever. Uh, And I don't know that that works for cycling. Um, So, you know, unless they want to go that way, a neutral support bike is never really going to make any sense. So, 
Well, remember when Jens Voigt chased that, like three years ago? Yeah. He rode the like the teeny neutral service with the tail clips for like a hundred k or something crazy. <laughs> so this I mean, is that the works. Next... It oh. works. So the outcome of the decision. I don't envy the judges or the ASO because there seems to be a critical mass of issues that happened here. First off, the finish was shortened by six k. So all of the people that were planning to be up on the moonscape probably descended down into the trees a little bit more. So there was a lot more yeah. people within those confines and they didn't have it barriered off um from the reports they didn't even have the big finishing arches up because of the amount of wind even lower down from the top the report is that when the teams were going over the top of the mountain to get down to the hotels for tonight uh, tomorrow's time trial stage that there were vans that were blown over at the top um that there there was Jesus. still a hundred kilometer an hour winds so that the aso actually pulled the right move in canceling the stage oh, yeah. to go to the top, I, I, I think there. it was a yeah, I so, think it was a fine move to, to shorten now, the stage. Like, but the the issue was is that they didn't seem like they set up all the barriers, and so what happened was you had all these people that were already up at the top of the mountain from two days before that now moved down, mm-hmm. maybe, and there's too many people on the mountain. So, a, what do you do? Well, you probably have more barriers. You reduce the amount of people that are on the mountain because if you look at the, some of the video, it looks that where Froome and Port hit the back of the motorcycle the the fans were in the middle of the road and they're doing their moses part the red sea thing but one side of them were already all the way over to the shoulder so when they started backing up they hit the wall they hit the retaining wall yeah and so they're they couldn't go anymore so the motorcycle the four motorcycles that were in the way which is obviously a problem to have that many motos in such a situation like were stopped mm-hmm. and it's like I don't envy the race organizers. Like, it's embarrassing. You already have a, a a banner collapse on a guy. Yeah. And now what do you do here? And the saddest part of all of it is Bauke Molima, who, yeah. little guy I know you've always been talking about. The only reason yeah. I learned about him was because you somehow, for some reason, pay attention to a guy that gets sixth place all the time in tours or whatever. And like, he kind of got Zabeldia? screwed in all of this because he went down. Yeah. He still put in a ton of time. And then Froome and Port get the same thing, and he had the great tweet about it. His tweet was, seems like everyone got time bonuses today because what would have happened if that was just me? You know, basically oh, saying, totally. if I that was Quintana just me, nothing would have happened. I think Quintana got the same happened. time, didn't he? No, Quintana, no. like... Or he got he got attached onto the group right after. I think, I, I read on, like, Cycling Quotes or something, Malima was, like, a longer rant of just kind of, like, like, all these dudes got... A better time because we had time you give port and through my time you know and then all these other guys get time back on me well yeah because imagine it from his point of view like he's thinking the same thing Froome's thinking is like oh shit no 3k rule Froome starts to run his bike still works so he's like i'm going for it like i'm going harder than i was going I... to go right yeah. now and i'm gonna get as much time as i can and then they just give that time to Froome. And yeah, to... like, yeah, he and was totally like, I yeah. went hard, and he's yeah. like, those guys should be thanking me that I went so hard because I, they got my time. Yeah, so like, and like they might not they, have actually gotten that. You know? Yeah, they might have got like if he would have finished behind the Quintana group because he was also like slow, but his bike was fine. Then like maybe they would have given that time to Froome and Port. Yeah, like, yeah, if you crash and you get up knowing that that the group you're in is going to get that time. You just soft pedal it in, right? Like you don't care. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't feel bad about the decision because I, I don't know. It's a it's a shitty thing. Like Tim, you're totally right to be for the judges, but like, 
it would suck for Froome to lose a ton of time because of this because he's become the people's champ after uh, two previous stages that we haven't discussed yet that he's mm. just become one of my favorite I, riders suddenly. But, like, <laughs> I also got to say, like, Malema... You're like, giving away the lead. <laughs> but, like, Trek, Trek has to be like, come on, this is a Trek advertisement. Yeah. So, you know, like... But, like, okay, so people have run into spectators in the tour before. They've had issues before where, you know... The famous one, uh, the T-Mobile guy going off the front. Well, Mayo and Lance crash too, yeah. But I'm thinking of the guy with the camera. Oh, and Uh, uh, what's his name? Yep, yep. Yep. I'm right there with you. The (laughs) T-Mobile, something with a G. Stefano G something, yeah. Giuseppe, Italian T-Mobile man. T-Mobile guy plows right into that dude at the top of the climb. And you know what I mean? Like, he didn't get some time bonus for that you know it's I think just go on the stage it's yeah. one of those sad things of the sport though that's just kind of like oh shit well so, that's the breaks uh, spencer and, you got it spencer come on man you can't swear you got you got to tell me when you swear hold on a second oh jesus oh you got it's okay you gotta think it, for that yeah yeah so let's do that again just a second are you gonna time it so it beeps it like amazing okay way? spencer um, try that again. Ready? Go. I'm I'm leaving this in so that everyone knows how how you okay, operate. Okay, that's my sensor beep. I got it. Okay, sorry. I couldn't even hear it. Oh, you couldn't hear? Oh, damn it. Okay, now I'm ready. So sorry to totally ruin the momentum, guys. I was totally gonna play my awesome sensor beep on my soundboard when Spencer yeah. swore. And so, your soundboard? Wait, your soundboard? <laughs> all all of this. <laughs> can totally happen at any time so you it's, really it's, gotta get ready it's my uh, my apple iphone 6 soundboard <laughs> the soundboard the studio that you're in right now uh, so um, i guess what do you do i mean i would say that the uh proper um way to deal with this is to uh give nairo quintana a minute head start and uh, then say because uh-huh. I don't envy him because you guys know I'm a big mark for Nairo Quintana. I want him to win, and that's everything I want. But the problem here is that I feel Bakke Malima should get at least some separation between what he was doing to Froome right. and Port. Well, I yeah. don't know how to do it, so I I think this is probably the fairest way to do it. Probably. Or the fairest way is just not to reward it. But I feel that that could reward so, fans from really starting yeah. to interact. So, yeah, and that's, that's how Yates would have gotten the yellow jersey because Yates got this – same type of arbitrary time decision based off of the collapse of the uh, of the uh, finishing barrier. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So my take on it is, Malema bridged up to that group, and he rode away from everybody after the crash. Yeah, I think he was clearly the strongest guy, so he has a right to be pissed. I think what they did was pretty fair. Like they took, you know. It's it's the most reasonable thing, but if it were me in that judge booth, and it's not, so everybody should thank their lucky stars. Well, you don't even I'll, know the rule that you have to have a bike crossing the finish line. But I would have I let mean, it ride how how the results went, like from on foot or whatever. Like I'd have been like, oh, that's how you cross see, the line. There's no three k rule here. That's how it is. Your time and stands. I, part of me really agrees with that because. Froome's reaction to the situation, I feel, cannot be discounted. Right. Because he knew. He he ran with the bike. He could have waited like anybody else would have. Like, there's. I don't seemed... know anybody else. I think he did the right thing. 
I think he, he ran because he. I think yeah. he ran because the he thought the finish line was a lot closer than it was, and I think that he completely panicked in a situation where Richie Port dropped his chain. Richie Port waved on the Mavic neutral support guy. Richie Port put the chain back on and went forward. Yeah, I don't know. No matter what, there was not a fair situation here. This is probably the fairest way, but I would have been okay with Froome being um, where it just that's the finish. Like, hey, extraordinary circumstances cause for extraordinary, yeah. uh, sorry, regular measures. You know what you touched on there, which is interesting, is uh, you said Froome panicked. I don't think we've ever seen Froome panic before. Yeah. I don't it even was, think he it panicked, was a though. Sight, it was a sight to see, man. Like... All they got to do is get him to panic, and he's going to shit the bed, and they can win the tour. You know what I mean? Like, But if he has a bike... There it is. Okay, got it. If he has a bike, he's not going to panic. Mm-hmm. So, far, so far in the story, he's shown that whenever he has a bike, he's going to make everybody else have to panic. Yeah, no, that's so, true. Should we move on? Should we move past and, and yeah. get into what you're talking about? Can, Why we, people should can we talk about how Chris Froome became the most exciting and electrifying man in sports yeah should we jump all the his, way back to the crazy descent stage the the descent where he's spinning on the top tube that was amazing that was that, nuts. Was, that was crazy that was and saga net world championships times 100 because he did it for like 10 minutes yeah oh yeah down was, a mountain it was amazing going 50 miles an hour that was yeah nuts and did you see his elbows tim maybe you couldn't tell because you think your elbows are in, probably, but I think his elbows are more in this year. <laughs> what do you think? That's debatable. <laughs> I was as an I elbow was ex- wider. Wide I guy. was excited so- to see his form when he went down. It seemed to me like they had probably trained for that. He had a fifty-four on the front, and he just caught Nairo off guard. Dude, but while that, that descent was pretty awesome to win the stage, congratulations. I'm more excited about the wind, the wind stage, where him and Sagan are off the front in a group of four, and well, they only got 12 seconds on the stage. But you're like, oh my god, this guy you, can attack you at any time. Not only on the descent, now in the wind. Oh, you're jumping ahead. Like I want to oh, talk sorry. about the descent still. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, is the descent is what he did what was amazing, or is the fact that Nairo Quintana did not respond to him? whatsoever more amazing shut up hey i spencer don't talk about nairo that way I, okay i think it's i think it, what nairo did actually made sense like at that stage you're like no way i've got teammates i've got a whole group there's no way this crazy lunatic uh, now 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 you say teammates but he had valverde with him Dude, Valverde pulled that day <laughs> valverde was one of the few people that actually pulled like the rest of that group the problem was, really, it's true, you're right, like, that group, once they all looked around, they were like, oh, we're all team leaders here. Yeah. And Valverde was like, am I a team leader? And it took him a while to remember he's not a team leader technically right now. Yeah. And then he pulled, and I think even Port pulled a little bit for some guy that won't arm wrestle me. Yeah. But. Oh, I my mean, God. Guys, we didn't even talk about that in the collapse, that TJ Van Garderen put a ton of time into Richie Port. TJ should be really mad about the jury's decision on this this collapse on the Tormel or on the uh, Ventoux because Port crashed and TJ passed him and was yeah. totally clearly going to be the team leader. Now Port's kind of still around there. But TJ's up in GC right now on Port. Oh, yeah, so. he is. 
Yeah, yeah he's he still is. up there. He doesn't look as good as Port, though. No, I don't no, know. he doesn't. I think, I think Froome is just yeah. He's so I don't know. He's suddenly the, the coolest descent, guy. The greatest descent in cycling since we've started watching, or is this no. still behind Nibali and the Jura? It's no it's Il way, Falco or yeah. S- s- oh yeah, the Falcon. It's no Salvadelli saving his saving his Giro. No. Um, to win, it was up there though, man. That I couldn't believe it. I I, I spent the say. I watched that stage and I just spent the whole time being like, well, "This is dumb. He's gonna get caught like any moment. Like they're just gonna roll back up to him, and they just never did." Yeah, and I was stunned. Like, see, I thought he was gonna crash. I kind of thought spent that the whole too. time being like, <laughs> "He's sitting on his top tube." Going down a mountain, pedaling, he's gonna kill himself. Yeah, I was like, Chris Froome just lost his mind. He's gonna not just lose the tour, he's gonna break himself in half. And then he just won the stage. And took, yeah. he, he took yellow that day, right? Yeah, yeah. He did take I yellow. <laughs> I don't and even then, understand. And that was. wasn't even the big show for the week. Like he did it again the next day. Like got some separation from the peloton within the last few k. And, like, just asserted some dominance over everybody. And was like, well, if you think I'm just a robot GC guy who's going to sit behind my team, here I go off the front again, like, in the crosswinds. Like, what? Chris Froome made true cycling fans love him in the last few days, without a doubt. I'm sorry, like... He was no longer the robot. He was racing to win, and he was racing to race. It wasn't the final 1K um, attacks yeah. that we've become <laughs> he, used to and then winning the time trial. He sprinted against yeah. Peter Sagan. so nice. So, no, he, didn't I, even let, no. he didn't even let that go. He was like, no, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. What the hell? I disagree. I, I disagree on that. I, I bet you that he had an agreement with Sagan to be like, hey, Sagan. <laughs> And then, um, so they see, gave the stage. Uh, to did him. you see, like, right around the 1K point, Sagan yeah. and Bodnar, whatever, kind of swing off a little bit and don't kind of really come through for a pull for a second. And you can tell uh, that Bodnar and Sagan are Sagan's sort of like, Bodnar, you know, get your ass to the front. I uh, follow you. We'll do this lead out. What do you want to do? We can't mess this up. We're, we got Froome here. Yeah. But Froome looks at them and kind of does the thing, like, yeah, no, no, it's cool. I'll work. And he keeps pulling. <laughs> but then when they come around to that corner, suddenly Sagan's like, nope. And tries to, or Froome tries to go. Like, yeah. hey, dude, if he would, looking... can you imagine? Just let's just hypothetical magical world. Froome and Sagan come in the line. Sagan takes it. He doesn't take it seriously enough. Froome pips him at the line, Oscar Ferrer, Eric Zobel style. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, how crazy people would have gone for Chris Froome then? I mean, it's already crazy enough. That would have been complete insanity. Yes. So, I think Sagan would have taken it well. No, I think he would have. He'd have been like, "Oh shit, that's funny," but then so, he'd get fired from his team. You know? Well, so post that stage yesterday, I was trying to find more videos of it. I was having trouble finding the actual moment where the attack went, so I was searching on YouTube. Sagan and Froome, Sagan and Froome. There's a lot of videos that come up of Sagan and Froome, uh, just like laughing together, like backstage, like, like. Sagan like trying to like knock uh, Froome's cap brim down. Oh yeah, and Froome making fun of him for not winning. I like at last year's tour and he kept getting second all the time, <laughs> being like, "What happened today? <laughs> Didn't <Nice>. win again." <laughs> it's pretty good. 
So, this leads to the next question, guys. Chris Froome, still in the lead, right? Yep. You've got Adam Yates, now in second place. What the hell? Why is that happening? Yeah. And then you got Nairo sitting in uh, third at 54 uh, seconds down. I don't think Nairo's in third, is he? I thought he was I in fourth. Right. I think Pro Cycling double... Stats has him there. I think, uh, Timmy, you should say a Dutchman's name. Well, Valke Malima, according to Pro Cycling Stats, is at 50 second, 56 seconds behind, and really? Nairo's at 54. Oh, no wonder Molima's so pissed off. Because when I looked at the results earlier, Molima was at 56, but he was, like, up on Nairo. That's what I saw earlier, but I just what? logged into Pro Cycling Stats, so this is going right. to be interesting. Oh, my God. So, I'm filing a protest for Valke Molima. That's crazy. <laughs> so that was, It was dumb before. Now it's super dumb. Sitting in 16th place, Garrett Thomas. Top place Frenchman in 5th place is Romain Bardet at 115. We have a big time trial stage tomorrow. Um, anything else on this uh, before we get into Velo games and we'll uh, we'll get to all that stuff? Uh, anything else right away that you guys can think of on the tour or what what you've uh, what you've been excited about? Andre Greipel's attack at the base of the climb. I mean, maybe that that floated your boat today. You know what I'm excited about? I watched that with Phil and Paul, and they didn't mention the German Hill time time trial championships. I don't know how they Are you, did it. What? I'm serious. Greipel attacked up a mountain, and those guys were like biting their tongue so hard. I was, I was, I was sitting there watching, and being like, "Come on, mention the German hill climb championships. Come <laughs> on, let's do it. Let's get it over with." And they didn't do it, and it made it. It was, it was like having hiccups. You hate it, but then when it goes away, um, you're kind of waiting for that last hiccup, you know. And it's yeah. kind of, it's, a, it's, it's strangely annoying that it doesn't come. That's what it felt like. So I was kind of I was kind of wanting to go watch the NBC sports coverage of when the crash happened to see yeah. how Phil and Paul would have like called that one like oh mm-hmm. he's got it he's running I've never seen this before and then be like well he is and then they'd make some like well he is Kenyan you know, like that would totally come out of uh, Paul you- Paul Sherwin's mouth that he was a Kenyan so he could run like guaranteed that joke would have come. Get, so pro cycling stats, Garrett Thomas made that joke. Ah, uh, there you go. Or not on pro cycling, on cycling quotes. There's like a quote from him, and they were like, "Are you surprised why I'm run, you're running today?" And he's like, "Well, he is Kenyan." Terrible. So, oh, man, someone had so, to do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. I don't know. Great tour. I gotta say oh, that was the wrong thing. That was supposed to be a bell. Sorry, it guys. Sounded like a doctor's office, like right, some let's... sort of medical equipment. I didn't. I didn't preview all these. Here, maybe this one. No. Hey. No. no. It's time to wake up. Oh, hey! hey! It's a cream lap. Slow ride podcast. Messi Brazil. Uh, think of Saxon. I'm Lauren Stevens, and I'm here at the World Championships Road Race. This is Liam from Podium Insight. It's Rasan Bahadi. I'm Alex Dowser, and normally I'm racing for Movie Star. Here I'm racing for Team GB. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. And once again, this episode of the Slow Ride Podcast is brought to us by Michelin Bicycle USA. I'd like to thank Michelin and their new line of power tires. Um, for sponsoring the show, that they allow you to have a great tire over your uh, high mileage training, or if you're actually racing, which all of us actually know something racing. about racing. Yeah. Um, 
their newest tire is the Power Protection Plus. It is the latest tire in the power line, and it gives you great rolling resistance, better sidewall protection, and less wear than ever before. Stop in your local bike shop today and ask about Michelin bicycle tires and tubes. I'd like to thank Michelin for their support. You can follow them on Facebook at uh, Twitter, Michelin Bike USA, or Instagram, Michelin USA. So great stuff from Michelin. Babendium could have been out there today on the tour um, and would have maybe uh, paved the way for the motorcycles so they wouldn't get stopped on the mountain if he was just running alongside. I think Babendium may be the only character I, I, I would allow someone to dress up as and run next to the racers. It's better than the clean bottle. And it's better Definitely. than all of the Borats that are out there. So if someone dress up as Babendium, I will allow that. I didn't know that's his name. Yeah. The Michelin Man. Master. Michelin I Man thought it was a name. I thought his name was just Michelin Man. No. That's good. Babendium. Babendium. Yeah. yeah. I agree. He is the best he is the best mascot by a mile. And if you go out there and buy a pair of uh, Michelin tires, make sure you tweet us. Let us know. We had a couple people that have done that, and uh, it's pretty cool to see the, uh, you know, the, the sponsorship paying off. And that again, was awesome. they are able to help bring uh, this podcast to you uh, and help us uh, stay on the air. So it's always yeah. great. Yeah, we we do appreciate the. We had a few people tweet photos of their their tires and stuff, and that's awesome. And they very thankfully at uh, replied Michelin Bike USA as well so they they got to like that and see that and uh, know that their sponsorship dollars are not flushed down the toilet on a terrible podcast about bikes uh, that you guys actually listen and pay attention and sometimes even you know listen to the commercials so we I can't stress enough how much we appreciate that that's great yep, yep. and we'd also like to thank once again we the wide angle podium network and uh Supporters, you know who you are. If you want to be a supporter of us, it's like NPR. Support us if you like it. WideAnglePodium.com for all the info. Once again, thanks to all you supporters to help make this possible. You know, uh, because of you, I um, I may be able to download the ad-free version of my soundboard. So um, keep <laughs> flinging that over. Nice. You know, speaking of the Wide Angle Podium shows, uh, there's a bunch of great shows on there. I was listening to one earlier today uh called the honest bicycle program and they also are supported by michelin because they're supporting everybody on the network uh this for the tour and they brought up a really good point that i want to bring up on our show as well um one of the bullet points that michelin gave us to specifically talk about is and this is it word for word stop into your local bike shop today and ask about michelin bicycle tires and tubes and the point that they made on the Honest Bicycle program was, how often do you see that these days? Like, go into your local shop. Like, support yeah. your local bike shop. And usually it's just like, oh, come to our website for 20% off and fucking <laughs> screw your local shop because yeah. we don't care. Like, this that's a really rad bullet point to have in there. And I, uh, I would have... I would have probably just glanced right over and like said it and not even thought about it, but those guys brought it up and I wanted to bring it up here too because I, I, it's important, you know. It's it's the little things like that. Good point. Was that a knockout? A knockout bell? No, that was the game show ding. Apparently, oh, I was trying okay. to give Spencer like the plus one. You know, like hey, that was a good idea. But um, with that, I think we should uh, get back to the show. What do you guys say? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. That was a meow. All right, so let's get right away into... Tour of Poland. The... All right, Tour of Poland. <laughs> That's happening. 
Cool. Back to the tour. Let's do hey, it. Hey, let's talk about Velo Games. Let's give it up to uh, MSU Spartan Cycling for winning. Right now they have over 4,000 points. They are the t- number 27 team in the world in the Tour de France. Not, they are crushing it right now. And Tim what's is, amazing. Tim, is that what, the real Michigan school or the other one? This is the better Michigan school. Real active on Twitter. They sent out. They're the ones that asked for our advice. Um, good old Sparty. Um, I believe Michigan State University is in Ann Arbor. Um, they have the uh, they have the football helmets that are blue and gold. Good old Spartan football of Michigan State. What's amazing if you look at this guy's team is that he doesn't really have any top racers. He's got Port, Alaphilippe, Tony Martin, Gallopin. He's got Sagan. Then he's got Navarro, who had a very good stage today for Copa. Navarro has had probably ranked up way more yeah. points than anybody thought possible. He's and he's got a lot yeah. of breaks. He's got Cummings and Kittle. So he doesn't have any of like the top three. So he did not go the star and scrubs uh, method except Sagan. He's got two stage wins at least there. No, he's, well, he's got, got four sta- He's got four stage wins. He's yeah, got right? Kittle and Cummings. He's Sagan's doing pretty good. And Cummings got two. So I think And he's, he's got he's got Tony well, Martin for tomorrow. I clearly yeah. listened to my advice and skipped the big names and went for uh, that middle the problem, tier. The problem is he's got port and we all know it's about to happen. You guys, you think I don't know if it's tomorrow, but I bet it's this weekend. The port it's week explosion. three, yeah. It won't be yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow's the TT. No. So, MSU Spartan Cycling in the lead. Velo Steve and then Crompton Station are the top three. The Simon Yates Asthma Inhaler is sitting in fifth place. That's our friend uh, Rob Shields. Now, among the three of us, Spencer has skyrocketed to the lead with uh, lukewarm rides again. Um, looking pretty good, followed semi-closely by uh, Little Guy's team, and then the Capital City Meets uh, has changed their name to the Doves of Excitement. Um, <laughs> still pretty close. I think we're we're all kind of close to one another, so it's not uh, too bad. But Kobo Forever is in second place. And Little Guy, things are not looking too good right now for you. Um, I think they're looking pretty good for me. You Wait. went with TJ Van Garderen. I think he's on the up. He's on the up. Uh, again, little guy, I really like what you're doing, and I really want you to beat Spencer, but... He's on the up, man. I, I, I gotta tell know. you, neither one of you guys were dumb enough to pick Zacharin for your team. Because let yeah. me no, tell you, no, no. that has been a monster bust. Yeah, he's no. been a total bust. Zacharin he was in was, the main group for a while today. Zacharin was a, terrible. a bust, but... He was going to be amazing or terrible, and yeah, unfortunately, I gambled and lost on that one. Have you? Hey, so I was at least looking through. None of you guys the... put the other uh, Belgian uh, from Katusha. Not only is Zacharin hurting. What's his yeah. name? Uh, Van Summeren broke his collarbone. Oh, uh, Vandenberg. So. Vandenberg. Yeah. Sorry, but that's yeah. all right. Um, did you guys see? Have you looked through any other teams? Because I looked through some of the teams the other day, and I think about fifty percent of the people in our league have uh, Tony Martin or uh, or uh, the American Martin. On their team, yeah. like everybody picked the Martins. Like the double Martin is the most popular choice. I, I think so. Like. Yeah, and it's, it's a crazy. it's a strong choice. It's a it's a really know. good choice because you uh. could do well tomorrow, and you've obviously been doing really well. But like, it's insane. I looked through it, and I was like, oh man, I hope I hope I get some Martin love when so, come through for me. But it yeah. won't matter because everybody will rock it up the standings. Yeah. So let's, we all uh, neutralized let's, each other. Let's scroll all the way down to the bottom. Let's oh, see where. Gets, uh, Friend of the podcast and Twitter buddy Dan Lind, who's in dead last place, Aww. currently 
Number 42,000 out of 42,166 people. So there are 166 people worse than him. Um, He has Contador. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like kind of rough luck. Yep. Tommy Dumoulin. So he'll get some points tomorrow when Dumoulin does well. He got a stage win, so there you go. Fabian Aru. He's been kind of nondescript. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Astana, the blood bags weren't working this time around. He's got Pierre Roland. Kind of disappointing in Pierre Roland. I mean, he's actually not sitting too far back. Like, he still has a chance for a top 10. But uh, he's not that far back, little guy. Early in the season, when we were talking about his transfer to an American team, I was like, he's going to suck at the tour. He's got. It's coming true. He's got Degenkolb. I forgot he still raced. He just hasn't come back from his horrific crash. It's not on him. Yeah. He's yeah. dealing with a lot of stuff, but man, he's got Albacini, uh, a Varica Green we're Edge not in Bike Exchange. We're not in Switzerland. Yeah, we're what not in Switzerland. Why are we take him? Tony Martin, Thomas Vogler, and Garrett Thomas. But guys, can we we didn't mention this. Are you? Is it, am I the only one that's getting confused on what the what team Arika Green Edge is? Because they got these new kits that are blue. Well, it's like because Arika Green Edge doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, now they're Arika so Bike Exchange. Okay, yeah. that is a horrible... Like, are they just trying to be Movistar adjacent? Because it is all blue now with the green, and I do not like it at all. Hmm. That kid is disgusting. Yeah, that color scheme is pretty terrible. It's I been agree. done. Like, you can't jump on someone else that does it well. Dude, that's that's the history of cycling. It's like one team puts a lot of black on, and the next year everybody comes out, and every team's black. And you're looking at that helicopter shot, and you can't tell where anybody is. Yeah, is that George Hincapie? True. Is that is Tom Boonen? Boom. Could be either one. I Hincapie, oh. you guys. You didn't even know it. Yeah, no, well, yeah, like it's the Easter egg, little guy. You're not supposed to point these things out. So. Oh, I thought we were trying to find the Easter eggs. Nope. Oh, but how do we get the change that's inside the Easter egg if we don't, we don't open them up? So, speaking of Vela games real quick, I jotted down a couple uh, team names here that I really appreciated. That I, I think it's uh, nice to call out some of these, because they're some pretty creative names. Uh, we called out a bunch last week, but I noticed uh, this week, I uh, hadn't noticed before, Little Prince in the Revolution. Ooh, that is oh, good. who's that? I don't know. I didn't write that part down. Right, I'll, <laughs> You'll have to I'll scroll through and find it. Um, we also have a two-parter. That's, that's Lloyd Fledville. Nice. <laughs> we have uh, somebody named their team, Should I Shave My Legs as a Cat 5? That's Kevin. Okay. Yeah, but Kevin, good... Kevin fielded a second team that's not doing as well. That says its team name is, No, seriously, Shave My Legs? Question <laughs> mark. All right, so should we answer? I think I mean, uh, Kevin no. is kind of being a little bit demanding. <laughs> I would say as a cat five. It sounds like the man has, you know, a need for an answer. I'm going to say no. You're going to say no? You shouldn't yeah. shave as a cat five. Your bike shouldn't be made in this century or decade, <laughs> maybe. I mean, decade. It's, let's it go decade. Be. Well, you could say century because you could be rocking something from the '90s, and it wouldn't be that. That's bad. true. That's true. I mean, I I think as a Cat Five, you should probably. It depends on what level Cat Five. If you're planning on get to Cat Four and you're doing lots of training rides, if you've done five mass start races, then you should shave your legs. 
Well, that's yeah. insanity, man. Come on, five mass start races. And you guys yeah, because if you legs? figure, no, I, I figure, I figure, if you think of five mass start races, that's more than likely at least a month and a half of racing, and at that point, like you're you're probably getting into it. Like if you're not doing the training races, like if you're just doing five weekend races with a gap here or there, that's a month and a half. That's like an entire so, summer you're starting to get to. Like, yeah, you need to be invested. So if so, you've done more so, than five races, shave your legs. On. So what if you're what if you're just a, a really into bikes and you're riding a lot and you got the spandex and the kit and everything, but you're not racing? Do you just they not shave, shave your legs? It? I mean, that's me right now. Right? Yeah, that's me right now. Like, <laughs> actually, I actually shaved for the first time this year. So what? What if we say if you're if you're you know getting into racing and you mediocre whatever your cat five, shave to the shorts line. Like keep the hair shorts going. You don't gotta go. You don't gotta go all in off the deep end of the pool yet until you know you're really gonna commit and then. Then you get rid of them. That's that gets a, a little personal because that's to make you train more so that you I don't know. Really commit or like or you just give up and uncommit so you don't have to have their hair shirts because yeah, that could, could be. be that could influence other portions of your life in negative ways. It's that's, that's part of the uh, you know the trial by well, fire that you have to most go. most likely if you're in a relationship or you're just maybe starting one getting to the third date level of a relationship mm-hmm. uh, the significant other is going to say. You need to quit this cycling thing. This is disgusting. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> or they'll say, "I'm going to need you to train a lot okay. more." Okay. So either do it or don't is is your your advice. Yeah, all in or or, or none at so, all. I think uh, as a cat five, you just need to ride your bike more. That's yeah, true. I I think you got to do it. I think you got to shave legs if you're if you're trying to look the part. If you're a serious cat five, like when I was a cat five, I had shaved by then. Like when I was making the jump to four. Because by the then I was invested in it. Showed. Hey, you know it. Any other good team names, Spencer? Or uh, the, the last one I wanted to point out um, is maybe my favorite. Because it's Greg uh, from the Honest Bicycle Program who named his team, honestly, the best wide-angle podium affiliated team. And he is trailing far, far behind all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Yeah, he's pretty far down come in and get us like you that? know no he is beating someone named thaddeus bellwether so someone created a team called thaddeus bellwether that was not me that's um, great probably thaddeus bellwether yeah, it probably was i don't know why you would create it they they have zacharin port quintana that looks like a team bellwether would have created um mm-hmm. adam hansen tony martin and Everdi. i mean yeah, this is pretty uh pretty pretty solid stuff there so solid. um well guys it, Besides that, I mean, the, the big news that I think we, we need to get to is uh, Carmen Small losing her arbitration case with USA Cycling to get on the Olympic team. We have been big proponents of Carmen Small, um, big proponents of, uh, you know, even USA Cycling. Obviously, I think we can all agree that the it's not an enviable position to select a team, but we um, have discussed this before that we're a little surprised that Kristen Armstrong gets the spot over the national champion, Carmen Small, who is, has been racing in Europe the last two years, not retiring, and then just coming back. Um, very disappointing. And when you add in the uh, fact that the coach and the selector of the team is also um, Kristen Armstrong's coach, it does raise some red flags. Yeah. Uh, that's a little weird, <laughs> having the coach be a selector. Now, he did He did say that he re- Russian. 
He did say that he recused himself from the selection process. Mm. But, mm. you know, I don't feel that the bullet points, um, President Derek Bouchard Hall um, did release a tweet <laughs> saying that there is a uh, clear bullet point process of how they select. And I read those bullet points and it didn't seem very clear to me. Like, to well, me, the was... clearest way would just be to who wins the, like, a selection process. Like, in the marathon... If you want to go to the marathon in the Olympics, then you have to go to the mar- marathon qualification run, which means that you are go to the trials, you have a time that can meet it, and whoever is the first, you know, the first four people across the line or whatever get to go. Right. And this is where you get that awesome story of the guy that four years ago had like a qualifying time in like a in a twenty in like a, a marathon, but then he kind of just stopped running, so he still showed up to the marathon qualifiers and finished, like, an hour and a half down on the winners. Nice. I don't know if you saw this, but, like, he went. It's like if we could go. Yeah. And have a qualifier. I mean, poor Carmen Small. She's kind of I mean, getting uh, railroaded here. Can you can you actually believe that one of the qualifiers is not current reigning national champion? Like, that just seems like a no-brainer, right? It does. It <laughs> It, what doesn't make sense to me is that you have four people going on the team, two of which have to do the time trial. Mm-hmm. So you have two road racers and then two doing two events. Yep. Um, now, the road race is before the time trial. So you've already got this weird situation where there's going to be some people, if they're concentrating on just the time trial, may drop out. And some of them have track record of doing this. Like Kristen Armstrong when she won the gold medal um, in London. Yeah. So now the, you know, the situation is: is she going to be there to help? Where I feel that Carmen Small has proven that you know she can also work to help and Megan this, Garnier, who's going to win the gold medal. She is going to win that gold medal. She's got the best chance that we've had in a long time. And to not field the strongest road race team that you can while simultaneously fielding. Your national champion in the time trial, which has got to be, you know, the best time trial team you can, is I I don't see how that can be justified. It's crazy that it's crazy, it but not unbelievable that the selection was made that way. But it's crazy that she loses arbitration as well. Yeah. See, I'm not surprised that she lost arbitration after the decision because, like, she has to have a ridiculous amount of evidence that things were going a certain way. Like, all, I guess all she just... had to do is drop that national championship jersey on the table and leave. You know, <laughs> like, out. here's walks my in, evidence. Drops jersey, walks out. Yeah. I just, <laughs> pretty good. You're in. Like, I don't, I don't envy um, yeah. the decision-making process, obviously. I'm just disappointed because no. I think Kristen Armstrong, it's been a great run. You, you are a gold medalist. I am disappointed that you come back into the sport after you retire and then you hold fast to this position where other people are a little bit more deserving. I'm not, I'm not saying Kristen Armstrong should like drop out because there's obviously a lot of money that can be um, won by doing well. And that's a, that's a problem with you with the women's cycling that they don't get the full support of sponsors unless they have the gold medal. But it's disappointing that Carmen Small doesn't get to experience the Olympics. It is. And the U.S. is not the only country that has its problem. Like, famously, uh, Stephen Cummings just winning a stage of the Tour oh. de France did not get selected for the U.K. And everybody's kind of like, oh, that's him thumbing in his nose at them, being like, hey, I just kicked all your guys' asses. <laughs> like, what's up? 
And, uh, you know, so it happens. And it, but it's just a huge bummer for Carmen. Like, I think this is her last chance to go, you know. And uh, Kristen Armstrong's already had her chance and, and won that medal. So, I don't know. So, yeah, that's a bummer. And uh, Little Guy, anything you wanted to talk about um, related? Because it's... I... Well, it's not, it's related to you and oh, that you ooh, live in Orlando. Ooh, I, I don't know what Caitlin was doing looking around something on the internet, but somewhere on Facebook she came across this article mm-hmm. about some Orlando woman that has 130 bikes. And, oh, uh, yeah. She's awesome. I know in the, Diane Blake. It was Blake. in the Sentinel. Yeah. I didn't know if you saw this. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. So Diane Blake um, is a bike collector. She also runs like kind of a small bike shop. That uh, she has everything from like giant penny farthings to yeah, um, it looks like she folding had a bit bikes. Of everything. Yeah. She's got a crazy collection of bikes. What's amazing about Diane Blake, and she's a favorite of the cyclocross scene down here, is that she's been a longtime promoter and volunteer. She volunteered at a Spooky Cross um, nice. last year to help me uh, set up the course with her daughter. Um, yeah, so every I I think most cycling communities have someone that is just universally loved, right? Like someone yep. that that comes out no matter what, like maybe not the fastest, but always the, the biggest supporter. And that's, uh, that's Diane. And that article was really cool about her bike collection. I mean, it is impressive. Yeah. It looks pretty amazing. There's just, a, like I just pulled it up and there's one, one shot and it looks good. It looks like where now, I want to go with my life. Basically. <laughs> now we've had a couple of, um, a couple of comments on last episodes. We've gotten an email. We just got an email in from Kevin Dolan, of uh, a fan of the Slow Ride podcast, and he's like, I know you crack on triathletes, but it looks like Froome has been doing some run training. <laughs> um, and uh, that was, uh, We're okay with he, the running. I mean, we're all cyclocross fans here. Um, I was a little just... It's the swimming that we're all upset about. Swimming yeah, is... Yeah, that's true. We're all, we're all lazy but, river kind of people. So definitely going to drown if I end up in a body of water. Yeah. So Kevin points out, he says, I thought you had to make progress with your bike. That was a problem in cross in the 90s when guys would drop their bikes at the front of the pit and run to the right. end to get the new one. And, right. uh, yeah, you know, Froome running without the bike just seemed a little weird. I, he should have just shouldered it. It would have been, like, that would have grown the sport of cyclocross worldwide <laughs> by That's tenfold. Um, but, you know, that... And then we also got, a. Uh, you know, we had a, a listener that uh, sent us a picture of his trusty Klein that he rides all the time down Ooh. in uh, Australia. He's disappointed that the podcast is not nothing but Klein talk, so we'll do our best hey. to send us to head on over Klein's. to my new podcast called Klein Corner. Yeah, I'm and, thinking that's, uh, that has bonus episode written all over it. So <laughs> Klein's are the future, and uh, little guy... You were talking a lot of junk last week when we were in Vermont about uh, riding bikes and the goofiness of uh, of the lefty fork. Um, oh yeah, and, so and you I had did. an experience of riding a lefty. I did get to ride. I got to ride uh, a lefty last week. Thank you very much. Um, it was weird. Did you feel I, like you were going to tip over the whole time? Because that's I what I feel it, like it's going to feel. No, like. well, I did feel like it was pulling to the left. And I think that was all psychological because <laughs> by the end of the maybe 25 minutes I got to ride it, um, it didn't feel like that anymore. But God. it felt weird. Also, this bike, the brakes were backwards, which is normally cool, but my mountain bike is all normal. So I had to like suddenly swap my brain around. Yeah. Um, it was it was weird, but I'm glad I did it. Uh, it had disc brakes, I think they're called as well that was a little weird it was the <laughs> Did, first time i'd ever ridden were, those too. were you able to modulate them well 
I'm told that they modulated better than uh, Canties, but I don't know what that means because I still ride Canties. <laughs> so, no, uh, I got to ride uh, Liam's Lefty. It was great. Thank you very much, Liam. I'm sure you enjoyed you the Orbea. You disgust me. Um, the sweet Orbea I had been riding previously was also pretty awesome. Thanks, Matt. You disgust me. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> later, after after both of you guys were gone from that bike fest, I got to ride Matt's giant, massive, four-ton Rocky Mountain 29er so, monster bike, and that was weird because the wide handlebar thing, man. I know you guys are both Rocky of the wide Mountains? handlebar school. But I, I don't know if I could ever get used to the, the wide bars that are all in vogue these days. Did we talk about last episode the crazy amount of bikes that we saw? We did like, a little yeah, bit. The we Canadian... talked about how it, wasn't, okay. it was a lot of Rocky Mountains. Mostly. A lot of Rocky Mountains, Da Vinci's. Yeah, anyway. Did you saw a Da Vinci? Yeah, I saw a couple of Da Vinci's. They're out of Montreal. Nobody pointed that out to me. So, um, and also, let's give a quick shout out. We did get a nice, well... Three star interview from Toby Seam. Hey God, three stars. Three stars. I that's think that's really our. Good. That's definitely our first three star review. Yeah, it is. And Ugh. so Toby Seam writes flawed but entertaining. To start with, these guys are kind of numbskulls, but they're likable numbskulls, which isn't the worst thing you can say about cycling podcast hosts. I'm looking at you. Beep. And then uh, call him out, call him out. <laughs> I'm looking. No, I'm not calling anybody out. Uh. Um, it took me a while to really appreciate this podcast, as they're sort of hol- hilariously unprepared to talk about pro racing, and their horrendous non-attempts to pronounce any European names or phrases border on offensively America-centric. Seriously, we're the <laughs> ones calling out NBC Sports Network about putting up a graphic of GC contenders, and it was like Froome. Van Garderen, Quintana, Port, and was like Cummings. Like it was basically Yates. all of the English speakers or Yates. Sorry, it was all the English speakers yeah. in the podcast. Anyways, Plus I guess right, I yeah. should say this. Toby CM says, "I've changed my mind about this podcast just by continuing listening to it. I think I actually like it now. You might too. Oh, thanks. It's a good. It's pretty good. good. Yeah, nice review. I like. You honesty. turning them around one by one." Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah. Well, you know. So, I mean, you, you reel them in with the with you know with the lure of like, are they really going to mention Hincapie every single episode? And then they go back and start listening to the back catalog, and maybe we do, maybe we don't. I'm not going to tell you. Well, guys, we we're we're right at that time. <laughs> um, we're at that time. We don't. Where we... We, that pact with the devil isn't going to hold. Well, then we'll oh, have wait, to start wait. pronouncing everybody's name right again. I've got a hincappy s thing for you, which is like watching the 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 NBC Sports crap today. Um, up a, a commercial for Levi's Grand Fondo came on. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, that was pretty stupid. You know, was, should we I'm... have a Grand Fondo? Because everyone's having a Grand Fondo, so you must be able to make a lot of money at it. I like uh, that. I bet the... Levi's making a lot of money. Yeah, I like that the Levi uh, Grand Fondo happened on the day. That basically celebrated the Levi rule, where they throw out the three K rule if you crash at five K and you're in the yellow jersey. <laughs> that's fine. We'll just that three K rule is sort of vague, you know. It could be anywhere within ten K's of three K is, you know, yeah. kind of a gray area. 
That's a good so. point. All right, yeah. rapid fire, guys, before we, 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 we cut out. Does this mean you have a bunch of sound See, effects lined up? No, no, but answers? I should. Oh, Spencer, okay. or we'll yeah. go little guy, we'll go first. Rapid fire off the top of your head. What was, what's your favorite part of the tour so far, little guy? Chris Froome. Chris Froome. downhill. The downhill attack. Spencer? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The, the tour. I like seeing different guys doing stuff at the two. Like, everybody's going for it. But I guess I'll go with Sagan. Sagan's just been dominating. He's been off the front in mountain stages. He's been pulling weird stuff. He's been winning. It's great. No! You're both wrong. You know... I was hoping for a McLaughlin group button on here, little guy, but there's not one on my soundboard. Oh, but there's you're both wrong because button. the greatest thing about the tour so far is Adam Yates getting taken out by the oh. the banner and the, the video of it. Like, I don't envy what happened to Adam Yates, yeah. but the video is pretty amazing of that thing almost like it was planned. Almost. So, is Chris Froome going to be the winner of the Tour de France in a week and a half's time, Spencer? Uh, yes. Little guy. Yes. Tim? No. Tim? He won't be the winner. Who Adam Yates. Win? Adam oh, Yates coming out of it. I'm just kidding. No, uh, no Froome, you're just Cr- confused because Adam Yates is, does not actually ride for Movie Star, Tim. It's just a similar kit. I, I think <laughs> I think Chris Froome is uh, probably going to be the winner. And it looks like he deserves it. With that, we'd like to thank you to listening to the Slow Ride podcast. We will be back next Tuesday to your regularly scheduled program time. We also like to remind you to wave at all of your fellow spandex-clad cyclists. And you know what? Even people just wearing jeans. It's not that hard. Wave. And secondly, if you see someone running alongside the cyclists in a race, do something about it. Yeah, give them a bike. We'd like to thank... <laughs> we'd they like to be, thank... They want to be in the race. <laughs> We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the intro and outro. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Michelin Bicycle USA and the Wide Angle Podium Network supporters like you. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. And with that, we bid you adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.